Okay, here we go. The Panda Magazine. He's about to get crazy and wild. Stay for a while. Don't touch a radio dial. The Magazine. Kicking it back. Sports talk. Listen to that and stay tuned for some giggles and laughs. Go. <laughs> Welcome aboard, folks. We are very proud to share that your pilot is the most diverse pilot on record. She is a three foot two inch transgender pansexual Native American man who identifies as a six foot tall Korean woman. <laughs> Welcome to the Planet Mikey Show. See, that just sums up the state of the world today. Yep. Uh, Speaking of which, we are all here su- suffering and sacrificing our ability to watch or listen to Maura Healy's State of the State oh. address tonight. We're gonna, missing that right now? I'm oh. going to have to read up on it. You, you know who I'm going to read up on to follow what she said? I'm going to look at Howie Carr's co- column tomorrow. Oh, yeah, he'll have all the details. You know, say this, uh, w- what you will about Howie Carr. He's always pretty much right. Yeah. You know, I mean, he can be, you know, a turd, but he I like him. And he, he's right all, almost all the time in his analysis, don't you? I don't you? know about that, but I, I like the guy. Yeah. He's such a nice guy. We get along with him. To us. You know, I, I told him one time, you know, you should go into the, oh, this is when I was working in the automobile industry. I said, you should have your own dealership, Howie's Cars. Huh. And I thought, that's a brilliant idea. And he, he, he looked at me like I was a freaking freak. Well, yeah. Well, that's because the Chinese food was behind you, and he was like, why is this asshole standing between me and Kowloon? I I worked in the next studio. He used to always call me, hey, help yourself. You know, he was always very generous with that free food. I remember (laughs) Kowloon would bring the food on Tuesdays, and Howie would whip out a Ziploc container. And and take take, it home. And take all the chicken wings and then leave everything for everybody else. Yeah, but we would all go in and eat. Like I gotta, kings. I gotta like, feed, my, feed my pugs. No, nothing worse than Sid Schwiger and what he did to my my lobster from <laughs> Joe Fish. <laughs> Joe Fish dropped off lobster for everybody, and then one of them was clearly labeled. This is from Mikey. Three pound lobster. Giant claws on this thing. I was like, oh, I couldn't wait to eat it when I get off the air. And they put it in the room, you know, the office back there. And Sid Schwiger, that son of a bitch, oh, oh. went in and he cut the took the tail off the three pound lobster and walked away. To, now, you know, I was so pissed. I went on the air and I said, you know what? Sid Schwiger <laughs> stole my lobster tail. I said, that's probably the only piece of tail he's ever ripped off. No, Sid's thinking God wanted him to find that lobster tail. It's the Sid yeah, Schwiger. <laughs> Glenn's last day. I think Davios brought this like huge spread. Huge spread. And we're like, all right, we'll put it in our office, the show office, so no one can, you know, we'll have it after the show and blah, blah, blah as a as a yeah. as a group. We come in. All of the shrimp, like jumbo shrimp, were eaten. By whom? <laughs> Matt Hawkman. Oh. Ate them all. Are you kidding me? <laughs> all of the sales rep, for Christ's sake. Yeah. The sales reps don't get to share the talent's food. No. Hawkman's a food Son connoisseur. Son of a bitch. Well, you should have gotten him. You should have had him arrested for that. Matt, we tried. I could see Matt now. He's busy building a tunnel, though. He comes around the corner. He smells the shrimp. Uh, He's thinking, mm, mm. And then he can't help himself. He couldn't thief. stop. <laughs> you know, I forgot to even mention, this is the Planet Mikey podcast. Yeah. Uh, brought to you in living color on YouTube. Hi, everybody. <laughs> uh, I get better looking every day. <laughs> uh, also, uh, we're also on Apple. We're on Apple, Google. Uh, we're on uh, Spotify. Yep. Yep. I, I saw we're on iHeart. iHeart is running our podcast. It's That's a radio company. Do they, you think they give us a stink, single stinking cent for that? No, nothing. You, you, no. Get, you get nothing. Nothing. That's unbelievable. They're stealing our content, mm. you know. Um, and I, 
you know, when I was in radio, I got paid for content. Well, I mean, yeah, well yeah, yeah. Even as cheaply as I got paid, I got still got paid. <laughs> so we're going to offer to our radio listening audience a chance to be an advertiser. This is something new. Oh, we still have the opening. What do you think? A hundred bucks for a commercial? What do you think? Two fifty. Two fifty. Yeah. Okay, oh, because it runs into into eternity. It's That's not just up there for the correct. for the run of this. It lasts forever. It's up there forever. The internet never dies. So two hundred fifty. But if they buy ten, they get one free. Yep. Okay. So two hundred fifty dollars. And here's how you contact me, uh, me, and I'll pass it along to our business office. Yes. Which is run by Ned and Janet. They're a married couple. And they're both ugly. Oh yeah. But they're really good at this kind of thing. So the, the email address is. Planet Mikey Podcast. You can send me a note right now at gmail.com. Planet Mikey Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Right. And then I'll get the thing, I'll pass it on to Ned and Janet. They'll process it, $250, and you get the commercial runs forever. If you buy 10, which is be 2500 then you get, you one, get one free. Did you go in and delete all the emails? Yeah, today. Okay. I did. I went through it today because I was looking for uh, an email from someone I don't really want to, you know, to <laughs> anyone to know about. But thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> I didn't bring up shit. I just I've been said, getting did you emails from. Emails? I've been getting emails from the Gilligan's Island star Tina Louise. She's now eighty-six and she wants to bang me. Well, why not? I know because you know why? Because I do. A, I do a great Jim Backus. I do. All right, Jim Backus. Uh, 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 Ginger, uh, could you hand Lovey the cocoa butter so she could rub my nuts? <laughs> That's why she's doesn't emailing that, you? Doesn't that sound like him? Yeah. I also do Jim Backus doing Mr. Magoo. Really? <laughs> oh, my George, it's a GE soft white bum. <laughs> <laughs> that sound like Jim Backus? Uh, yeah, that, so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad we don't have a time limit on these podcasts because I've just danced and waltzed through the the five minutes of nothingness. I know you didn't even thank our sponsors. That the existing ones. We have five sponsors. We have no. We have tremendous sponsors. We're very loyal to them, and we we believe in them. By the way, if you have a product or a service that's not something we can believe in, we don't want you. Yes. All right. Yeah. Like if you're like a uh, third-rate Doctor Pimple Popper. You know, and you scar people after you pop their zits. We don't want you. We just want the first rate. Exactly. We'll take second rate. Yeah. My grandma's coffee cake, one eight hundred eight grandma. I'll go to mygrandma.com for the world's greatest coffee cake. Mm. I send them to people. The people send me love notes. Thank oh, yeah. you. Well, they're the greatest you. thing. Oh, thank you. Uh, and if you have a problem with your car, you go to a place I like to call Pro Automotive. If you've got trouble with your car, truck, or SUV, Pro Automotive is who to see. Pro, 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 pro. Uh, they You've look, been writing jingles for way too long. Though. I know, man. It's good, too. Sick good. <laughs> uh, two, two, two locations in Webster, uh, one on South Main Street, one on Englewood Street, one in Dudley. There's three three pro automotive stores, and they take good care of your bit. By the way, they do follow-up. Is everything okay? I mean, they really care about the customer at Pro Automotive. If you've got trouble with your car, truck, or SUV, Pro Automotive is who to see. Pro, 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 pro. Automotive. You said every time you uh, you mentioned the name that uh, that's something I know, like that. I know. I happen. said that, and I'm, I'm le- starting to regret it now. But I'll, I'll don't worry. We can get through this. 
Uh, also, of course, uh, our good friend Vinny was on last uh, last week's episode. Vinny Cedrone of uh, Shawshine Firearms and Gunsmithing and Bill Ricca. Yep. Tremendous work he did on my dad's World War II gun, and I'm so happy about it. And I'm, I'm telling everybody, sh- tweeting out pictures of it and... Tremendous professionalism yeah, Isn't there. it amazing that nobody knew about Shashine? A few people did. But then you get to see the guy's work, and you think, oh, my God, it's, it's who amazing. is this guy? People, I tweeted it out, people reacting to the picture. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. You know, people were really excited about it. So I shot him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Ow! Oh. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, the other we mentioned Giacomo's and Melrose. We're going to have Richie Talieri come in here. Maybe he'll bring some food. He's awesome. Fucking salespeople are going to steal it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Sid Schweiger will run in here. Just cut. The, he took the tail from the three pound lobster. That's like 30 bucks worth of lobster meat. Sid probably stumbled across that. That, that son of a he, bitch. He stumbled across this lobster tail and he thought to himself, Thank you, uh, God. God wanted me to find this. Yeah, sure. Yes. Well, he, he's lucky I didn't find him after the show was over because I would have kicked the shit out of him. <laughs> With these Jewish guys stealing our shellfish. A schwieger. I know. Anyway. Now, out of the show, we have some fabulous content for you, and it's all new, and it's original. And Ben wrote all this. All of it. Everywhere. Nice, Ben. Every interaction. I Headline, homeownership is getting to be unaffordable for almost everybody. <laughs> a stinger. I got hit with a stinger open. Home, the average Massachusetts home is $570,000. Damn. Really? Yeah. Ooh. Now, of course, mine's worth a hell of a lot more than that. But You have extra rooms to house the illegals? <laughs> I, w- well, I got I already have it. I have like six people living there. Those, those are the gardeners. Pepe. 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 Yep. No, no, I, I'm serious. I don't have any illegals in my house. Okay, that Haitian guy. <laughs> Man, can he cook? Fire. Anyway, $570,000 is the average house in Massachusetts. Now you say, okay, what's my mortgage payment going to be? Well, if you have a 7% interest rate, seven, Ooh. it's going to be double what it would be when I bought my, when I bought my house. I got 2%, 2.25. Yeah. I should have bought two houses. You should have. Uh, and who do we blame the home ownership um, and the mortgage problems and the interest rates? And the, who do we blame that on? Oh, oh Donald Trump. <laughs> it's got to be him. Because he's, he's a Nazi. They blame him for everything else. Yeah, I know they do. They really do. Honest to God. Uh, I want to mention, what the hell is that, Smitty? That's our friend, the furnace. Our friend, the furnace. Now, don't confuse a furnace and a boiler. They're two different things. A boiler boils the water. A furnace heats the air. This is the Great Beckett Oil Burner, serviced by the great folks at Jamie Oil in Ashland. Don't be giving up free ads. Right there. Those are excellent people. 250 bucks now. you got to charge them. They do great, 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 great work. And they're friendly when they come around. Take it off your oil bill. They don't make a mess, and when they leave, it's like they were never here. Because they never were. Sounds like my love life. Good people. All right, now, Red Sox, okay? We have a, a bad situation. You know I love baseball. I always have. But I've been really I've been really not caring about the Red Sox for the longest time. Guess when the last time I went to a game was. What year? 2018? 2016. Ooh. Oh, boy. The year I got unceremoniously dumped by the uh, Entercom management. Mm. 
I'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> Why don't you like baseball anymore, I Mike? I love baseball, but the problem is, they, first of all, these guys, the players make too much money. Oh, I get confused. God. There's like 26 guys named, you know, uh, Martinez. Yeah. I, I just don't. I don't even know the players anymore. <clears throat> so I haven't been to Fenway's, and uh, you know, I've gone every year, every, dozens of times every single year since I was ten. Guess what? I haven't been since 2016, and I don't give a shit right now about baseball. Wow. Or particularly the Red Sox. So that's sad. That's really sad for me. Would you like to be the manager of the Red Sox? It's like a huge part of my life has been cut away from me. You mm. know. Remember it's when like, we got kicked out of the suite? Yeah. During the World Series? Yeah. Our own suite? Oh, don't even mention that guy's name, Kevin Graham. I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> but here's the best part, Bill. <laughs> Who... It was me, Mikey, and someone else who were sitting there together watching the game, and all three of us got kicked out. Who at, was it? At Fenway Park in who the suite. Who was the third guy? The luxury suite. Mutt. Mutt kicked oh, you yeah. out? Well, good. No, he got kicked out with us. Oh. <laughs> Our own WEI suite. Well, yeah, and I'll, there's a story behind that, and I'll tell you that story. Yeah, someday. what were you guys doing? Farting and smoking no. pot? No. No. We weren't. Mikey and I just said, fuck that. We, we didn't so, leave. We weren't smoking <laughs> pot. Yeah. We were sitting on the couch watching the game. Farting. We were actually <laughs> watching the game. Uh, so, anyway, that, I just had to say that because it's a baseball thing. I mean, what happened? Did he come up and say, um, oh, no, listen, yeah. you guys... You want to hear the story? Leave. You yes. want to hear the whole story? Yeah, we want the story. Let's go. Somebody had brought their their dad in there, and a lot of people, there were some clients there. And, you know, I mean, I've been covering the Red Sox for, at that point, 25 years. Been to every game. Never sat anywhere. But in the all of a sudden, we get bounced out because they needed more room for some clients or something like oh. that. And... And there was one guy who I'm not I'm gonna tell this story. I'm gonna tell you don't need to tell that part no. of it because that's inconsequential. No, it, it is, but it's like I'm thinking, well, you know, John Ryder would have liked to have been there, but there was no room. How and, many know, people does the suite hold? Twenty? No, no, no. There's like thirty seats. Is there? Oh yeah, okay. So On the 30. outside of the suite. So I, never, I, I bet it's fifty. I never counted wow. when I go to the, when I go to luxury box. I only counted how many hot chicks were there. So like one, maybe two, two, three, four. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> two, three, four. Um, anyway, so we yeah, we get kicked out, and I went to center. I went to center field out to the bleachers, and I hung around with these two really great guys. It was playoffs, and I'm like laughing and having a good time. I'm thinking, fuck those guys up there in a bit. Wow. And, and, and two of them in particular, Kevin Graham. What a pussy. Oh. That guy, I got to tell you this. I'm going to go through my list of program directors here in a second, and I'm going to put him on the list, and I'll oh. tell you where he fits. I always in. got along great with him. I, <laughs> <laughs> right, you want to play a little? By the way, Tony Orlando, uh, it was tr- was trending today. Why? I thought he's dead. Is he dead? They found him at the crack of dawn. <laughs> but no, uh. I no, he's alive. <laughs> He's going on tour, his farewell tour. And I'm like, farewell? Why does anyone give a shit enough to say goodbye farewell to the Farewell to life tour? <laughs> Everybody loves Tony Orlando. Well, Come I know on. he's lovable, Great but he's, like, he's, not, he's not relevant, is he? He's 79 years old. That's why he's quitting. Yuck. Pussy. Oh, he, him too. All right, so now. We should have him on as a guest. We'll play a little game of Dead or Alive. Can you Google people fast? Yeah. If I can spell Let's play names. Dead or Alive. Dead or Alive. Let's see a quick, quick little round of Dead or Alive. Is he dead or alive? And I don't know the answers to these. I just came up with these names. All right. Jerry Vale. Jerry Vail. Jerry Vale. Dead. Alive. That's Smitty. my guess. I'll say dead. I think Jerry Vale uh, died in 2014. Oh. Ah, he's been dead for 10 yeah. years. <laughs> yeah, what, a, just, what a bitch. Not just dead. He's super dead. I like Jerry. Yeah. Super dead. 
All right. So who got that right? I did. So did I. And you did. Uh, Al Green. Dead. Alive. I feel like he died a couple of years ago, but I could be completely wrong. Oh, he yeah. is still alive. Ta! You, 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 He's you, 77 you, years old. You didn't give me a chance to answer. I oh, s- I'm so sorry. I You told me to Google fast. I saw Al All Green right. at the Ohio State Fair. I had to introduce him to the crowd, and he so, came out in a green suit. He had a, a dozen roses, and yeah. he was out there tossing the roses to the women while he's saying, I'm so tired of being alone. And they're I'm crying. So and everything. He was like, what a showman. Yeah, he, was, he, was yeah, he was very good. He slept with your wife that night. <laughs> well. Al, by the way, Al was not green. And James was brown. And Barry was not white. And Red Red Fox, Fox was, was not red. <laughs> uh is Rita Coolidge dead or alive? Rita Coolidge is alive. Rita Coolidge. I don't so, know who that is. She used to be so pretty. She's married to Chris Christophe. She's alive. She's 78, 78 years old. Yeah, see, I'm pushing the envelope. She's a nice here. woman. Very nice woman. Uh, with that song, We're All Alone yep. by Rita Coolidge. Mm-hmm. Remember? Yep. We're all she was, alone. Uh, she played the piano on the uh, on the Layla piano part there. Did she? Yeah. Well, she doesn't get any credit, but she was one of the hands on the piano that yeah. day. Well, she also is pretty good at banging on an organ. What? How about Mac Davis? Dead. Is Mac Davis dead? I'm going to say dead. I think he died a few years Who is that? You don't know? Country star. No. Baby, baby, don't get hooked on me. What is that no, song? Baby, baby, don't, don't get hooked on me. Don't get hooked on me. Yeah. Yeah, Mac Davis is dead. 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 Died in 2020. He had a, he had a TV show. Yeah, Mac Davis show. Uh, <laughs> Suzanne Plachette. Dead. Who the hell is that? Who are oh. these people? No, Suzanne She was on Plachette. Newhart. She was married to Bob Newhart on the Newhart show. Yeah. She is was, she dead? She was a cutie when she was She's younger. She's dead. She's been dead for since 2008. Wow. wow. Holy moly. Tom Bosley. Tom Bosley's dead. Yes. Tom, How do you know? Tom Bosley. How do you know? Bosley, isn't this the guy from uh, uh, Charlie's Angels? Charlie's Angels. He was the voice, yeah. Now, you know, I met them. <laughs> He's he, been he dead died. for tw- <laughs> 14 see, you years. You see how up on it I am on all these deaths? <laughs> you know, I met his TV wife. I was at... Uh, uh, Bob Wolf's, he had a, a reception at his uh, office in Boston yeah. back, back when he was a swinging agent. And uh, the, who's the the, the wife, uh, Marion Ross, Yeah, was one of his clients. Oh. And she was there, and she was walking around saying hi to everybody. She was just like the TV mom. Yep. She was exactly like the character she played. And yep. she was so nice and sweet and having, she was. we were laughing. Marion Ross, and I said to her, I bet you can't wait till Tom Bosley dies. No, I, didn't, I didn't say that at all. Marion Ross, still alive. Nice lady. 95 man. years old. Yep, she's awesome. She's listening to this podcast well, this was in the right 90s. now. This was back in the 90s, so, you know, 25, 30 years. Uh, how about Patty Boyd, George Harrison's first wife? I think she's dead. I think she passed away. Alive, 79 years old. 79. Wow, look at that. Would you? Uh, now? In fact, isn't that Layla? No, 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 no tomorrow. No. I mean, of course not. Wasn't, wasn't Patty Boyd? In front of you? You weren't born in 64 when wasn't George Wasn't Patty Boyd Layla? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Remember how <laughs> before the show we talked about how we know how to annoy Mikey? It's the same for you. Oh, I'm telling you. Jesus. <laughs> All right, how about Linda Evans, dead or alive? Alive. Dead. He says like he banged dead. her. Linda Evans, she's Yanni's ah, wife. She was married to Yanni. 81. Whoa. She's only 81? She's alive. <laughs> Lee Majors, speaking of Linda oh, Evans. He's, he's gone. He's, I feel like he's been big dead for valley. a long time. He went into the big valley with her. He's 
Still alive. 84. Well, he's bionic. Lee Majors, that's right. All of his parts are fake. He died 15 years ago. (laughs) He has fake bowels, too. All right, how about this final one? Dom DeLuise. He's been long dead. Yep. He's gone. He died in 2009. You think you're so damn smart. You know, Look he, how fat he is, you know, He reminds me of Paul Prudhomme, the uh, the chef. Yes. I cooked a, 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 a breakfast shrimp dish with Paul Prudhomme when I was in New Orleans for the Super Bowl in 97, live on Neckin, N-E-C-N. Wow. I, he invited me to his restaurant. He had this little... We, not a wheelchair, but a uh, a little motorized, like a little mini. He was so fat. A Paul scooter. Then one of those scooters. Yeah. To go in and out of the rooms in the restaurant, and we cooked shrimp cur- curried shrimp at like seven a.m. live on 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 NECN. Well, that must have been fun. And then he did one, and I did one. He told me what to add, and I and I asked him to taste my version of it. We got done, and I said, Paul, so whose is better, yours or mine? And he tasted mine. He goes. Well, I do believe yours is better. Wow, isn't that his, nice? Well, he was lying. He was being kind, yeah. Anyway, he's dead. That Dom DeLuise is dead. I don't. Paul Prudhomme is long dead, I think. You know, uh, but he was a good guy. Mm-hmm. And that's the only real cooking show. I had one other cooking show episode where I had a, a show called Kitchen Kids, and it was Heart Month. In is that February. me and my brother? Heart Month in February. In the 80, late 80s, and we, we had all these little kids come in and cook stuff that's good for your heart. A lot. I mean, it was not live, but it was taped live, and. Uh, Kitchen kids, and I remember the jingle to this day. It was like when rap first came. Kids in the kitchen cooking what you say, cooking gourmet meals in a special way. It was this like little rap song they had for it, and the show blew. It sucked, sucked, blew chunks. But it was the only other cooking experience I ever had on TV. My wife watches all those cooking shows. You watch any of those? Uh, No, not anymore. I I used to occasionally watch some of them. Yeah, Um, Jada. Jada De Laurentiis. Oh, we like Jada, yeah. Uh, yeah. Giant head. Giant yeah. rack. Yeah, she's nice, though. Wow. Giant head, maybe, but it was a, it was a Mario good Batali. Head. Giant head. It's a good head. Also, giant rack. <laughs> no, Giada didn't have a giant rack, but in proportion to her body, not to her head. If you compare the, the boobs to the head, it's like... Well, know. it was like if you drew boobs on a stick figure. Of course they're going to look huge. <clears throat> Who would do that? <laughs> ben... All right, let me ask you this. I'm moving on to a different topic because I, I do that. Different topic? Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. Well, you know, we don't have two hours here. Well, what kind of a different topic is it? I'd like to know the name of the person who decided long ago what months are going to have how many days. Let me think about that for a second. 365 days divided yes. by 12 months is 30 days per I month know. with five left over. I know. Five left over. Yeah. Instead of going, okay, May 31st, January 31st, December 31, August, why don't you just give 12 months, 30, and then add one to five of them. And then, by the way, throw February in there, too. February gets fucked. You only have 28 days in February. There's got to be a reason why. It's stupid. Feb got stuck with 28 days. Why? Except for leap year. It, but it's stupid. Yeah, yeah and leap year is the, it's the 29th. People that have birthdays on that date, like LB. Yeah. It's weird for them, and they don't. They get screwed. There's no reason to do that. All right, now. Oh, by the way, so who did the calendar? Why didn't they just figure that out better? It's the same amount of days. They, uh, one time around the sun, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a year. It's the same days, but no. 
They got to screw around with the months and make this whole 30 days, half September, April, June, and November. All the rest have 31 except February. I'll bet there's a scientist right now listening to this podcast that would write back to you at planetmikeypodcast at gmail.com with the definitive answer. Thank you. Yeah. By the way, Chinese New Year is like next week or something like that. Why do they have a different New Year than we do? <laughs> what do they think they're special? I don't know. And what's with the Jewish New Year? That's different too than the Gentile uh, yeah. New Year. Yeah. Why? Yeah, and it's like year five thousand six hundred something oh, or something wow. like that. Why? They're just confusing everybody. Uh, I'll bet there's it's a- probably because we were doing that long before January first became yeah. New Year. Says you. Yes. You weren't there. You I'll bet know. there's someone in our listening audience right now who'd be able to answer that question. I, I could answer it right now, <laughs> why there are only 28 days in February, but it's a l- couple of paragraphs here, and I don't feel like it. So oh. fuck it, and fuck you. See that Ben? <laughs> ben knows. Look at that. <laughs> what an attitude problem. I know. You need an attitude adjustment, young man. Thanks, Ben. Uh, I, I, they're coming out with new Miranda laws. You know, you have the right to remain silent. Oh Anything you can say will be done against you in a court of law. What now, pronouns? <laughs> They have a new Miranda. Like, they want to make it easier on the criminal. Certain questions you can't ask them. They're afraid that the cops are trying to badger people and, and back them into a corner to try to get them to admit something. You know, and so now they're protecting the criminals again. And they're of also going to say, if you're under 17, anything you say to a cop is not going to count. Now let me guess. If you're so, under 18, I should say. So this is conservative Wait, policy what? or Democrat they're, policy? They're trying. Well, you tell me. Yeah. Who do we you said, think? you know, alive or dead? We a conservative or Democrat? Yeah, it's definitely Democrat. Yeah, right. Coddle the criminals. It's Joe George Soros induced yeah. type of policy. I heard that today, and I said, why are they going? They should be going the other way. And and I'm not saying take away the rights of the accused. What I'm saying is, right now they have body cams. They have cameras in all the interview rooms. Yep. It's all a matter of record what the person says. Let the jury or the judge decide what they think about what that client... And don't say, oh, that that has to be dropped from the court testimony because of whatever, you know... And because I said loophole. so. Yeah, yeah loopholes. Mm-hmm. It's bullshit. See, I'm a law and order guy. I don't know if you know that. I got a gun. I got it from uh, Vinny. Actually, uh, at uh, Shawshine Firearms, Yep. I have, I have two guns now. <laughs> Don't mess with me, okay? I don't have just one gun. I have two. See? Two. That's pretty good. I'm, I'm covering a lot of topics here. I've noticed. What else but, you got on that list there, Mike? Well, I, I, one thing that pisses me off is when I hear someone say or tweet, you know, Donald Trump should be in prison for life. Nobody's above the law. <laughs> and then I think to myself, okay, except the 8 million people that have come into this country since Biden took over, they're above the law. As a matter of fact, they're not just above the law. We give them shit. We give them bus rides, plane tickets, food, EBT cards. We give them cell phones. And, uh, you know, they're above the law because the first thing they do when they get to America is break the law. And if you're not going to have a law enforced, why have a law? Okay? That's true. You can say, all right, America's wide open. We don't have any laws. Come on in, everybody, which is exactly, in effect, what Biden has done. If you're going to have a law, you got to enforce it. If there are no, if there are no consequences to, to breaking that law, then everybody will do it. It's like shoplifting now. People shoplift now because they see all the videos. All people just get away with it. So I'm going to just take what I want. Well, you know what that's doing to retail America? And, and the people who work there? Oh, it's horrifying. What do you think, Ben? What? <laughs> um, no, I, I, I always thought the... Uh, I mean, I, I agree with most of what you said, but I don't agree with the, the retail thing simply because 
That is complete and utter bullshit. That theft is causing you guys to lose money. It, you're losing a little bit of money, but a recent study just came out that was like, uh, these companies are a little full of shit about how much the percentage of their losses are due to theft. Now, they are being robbed, and that, that is fucking awful. Smash and, and grabs are, are it's hidey, terrible. They're hideous to watch. But yep. these companies are also exaggerating it to a ridiculous level. Mm. Doesn't, doesn't doesn't justify the people doesn't justify like, not none of that enforcing a law that's on the book. You know, I agree. Like I said, I agree with most. Yeah, of what once you, said. you set that up, then everybody will do it. Yep. You know, and, yeah. and I would even do. I it. I mean, we're doing it after the show, right? Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, RJ, what do you think about uh, what about uh, Gerard Mayo? Oh, okay. Here it, we go. He, I I read this thing today. <laughs> New England Patriots new head coach Ger- Gerard Mayo. Let's uh, white NFL players know they should be they should avoid playing for him. He says, "quote I do see color because I believe if you don't see color, you can't see racism." Okay, no. So whoever wrote the preamble to his actual quote, fuck that guy. Yeah, <laughs> that had nothing to do with any of that. Actually, if you don't see color, you can't practice racism. What do you think of that? I don't understand. I don't understand any of it and or or why he would say such a thing. I know. He was asked a question about being the first black head coach of the New England Patriots. <laughs> oh boy, that was and, and Kraft basically I, I believe it was like the Kraft basically said, I don't see color, I don't really care. I chose the best guy, I think, for the job, yep. regardless of skin color. And Mayo, his stance was more I think if you don't see color, you can't see racism sometimes. I think that's kind of dumb. Which, whatever, but like that, it, it makes that guy saying, white players better be afraid of playing for me. Shut the fuck up. Who, now, who wrote that? Crazy. That was Charlie Kirk. Oh, shut the fuck up, Charlie. Oh, man. All right, so here's the thing, too. Let me yeah, just but see, like, I... if you're going to constantly make things out of nothing, out of we're nothing. not going to believe you when something well, real happens. Right. Just, just give me the quote. Well, uh, in a similar circumstance, when it comes to the color issue, hmm. I, when someone in the old days, I'm saying I'm old, you know, so you see, you, you say, you know, this word you can't say, this word you can say. And the word, for example, Negro. Yeah. That was a word that when Martin Luther King made his speeches, that's how he referred to black people. Yep. And that was okay. If it's okay with him, then it's, and, and then it was it's okay with us. Yeah, it was respectful and everything. That's well, the way it then was. it became okay. Colored people is a, is not, is not, was not disrespectful, but now it is. It's people of color. What's the difference? I don't understand. Yeah. The difference between people of color and colored people is is it one letter? Mm. It, it really it really is. But they people take that as an insult. So okay, whatever whatever it takes. But I don't understand the difference. I, I, look at I, what, what color is my skin? Pink. Uh, kind of an Irish white uh, pink. Uh, looks ugly to me. Thank you. <laughs> but the point I'm making is every color is a color, isn't it? I mean, you know, yes. you know, tan, brown, white, black, you know, yellow. Does it matter? This is what I don't understand. And the people get so banged up about the descriptive phrases when there's no disrespect intended. I hate that. And now it's not like we're sitting here giving Ben a hard time because he's youthful and callow. It's true. <laughs> I haven't heard that word in years. No. Last time I heard it was uh, callow. My cousin Vinny. <laughs> callow. Jerry there. Callow. All right, so now I got a list of program directors. And now, just so you know, I've been a program director three times. I, I understand what the job is. I didn't do very well at it because I didn't fire anybody. It's a lot of stress being a PD. You've been a program director how many times? Uh, uh, three times. Three you gotta, times. You got to be a therapist. You got to be a cheerleader. You got to be a coach. You got to be a disciplinarian. Yep. You got to be a timekeeper. And you, I was good at none of that. You got to be a boss. You got all that shit. But it's fun, though. <laughs> I was, yeah. 
<clears throat> but I, I worked for program directors, and I'm just giving you a brief, brief synopsis of what radio program directors have meant to me in now, my 48 years of radio. Here's Mike Adams. My first one was Jeff Jacobs. He was from England. And he talked like this. He'd say, I have a program on the weekend called Songs by Sinatra. <laughs> so I was WYNF. I was a terrible station. I, I started my first ever job. I worked overnights, dollar eighty-five an hour. Oh. It's nineteen seventy-three. Dollar eighty-five an hour. And I went to him after a while. I said, you know, Jeff, I'm taking home sixty dollars. You know, for full, full-time job. Could I get a raise? He he hemmed and hawed, and then he put me off for two weeks. And he came back to me. He goes, I talked to the boss, Bob Charnis. He said to play songs by Jerry Vale. <laughs> <He> <laughs> Instead, he, I got your raise. Uh, oh, I said, oh, great. $2. <laughs> 15 cents an hour more times 40 hours, $6 a week. Look at that. You must have been generating yes, revenue. But what for the percentage station. was your raise? <gasps> yeah, I was like, I, okay. Yeah, so I got out of there in a hurry. Went up to Springfield, worked at Automated Wacky 102 FM. It was an automation Schaefer system. Where they, the songs just play, you know. And I was the guy recording voice in-betweens and uh, commercials. And who was that program director? Jim Boulderbook. Jim Boulderbook. And, and uh, alias Bob Brooks. Uh, and he was very, very good. Taught me a lot about radio production. Good guy. I later would work for him again in Portland, Maine. Third program director I had was Big John. Big John Lingua. Uh, John, uh, well, his Big John Little. He was like 350 pounds. Oh. And we worked at WACE in Chicopee, which is an oldies, an oldies station. <clears throat> then I worked at WPOP Hartford for Dick Springfield, who's the guy, I believe, who discovered, uh, you know, Stern back in the day. He's no longer with us. He, was, he worked at NBC later, but WPOP, he hired me for five bucks an hour. Ooh. I was like, yeah! Yeah. <laughs> a station with listeners? What? Five bucks an hour? Whoa! This is the business for me! But the reason he hired me was my friend Bill Vassar had a pirated copy of all the WPOP jingles, including ones that hadn't been on the air. So when I did my audition tape for Dick Springfield to get hired at POP, I used jingles from POP that had never been aired. So he's playing, listening to... Every time he'd play a jingle, he'd stop the tape, he'd go... Where'd you get that? <laughs> I'd say, I have some sources. You know, he'd play some more. He'd hear me. Oh, I sucked. I sucked. I was a... And then he, no, WPO. He goes, well, where did you get that jingle? I mean, he was, he was in, in, really enthused by the fact that I had a pirated copy of Jingles. He, that he thought he had the only copies of. So he hired me. Yeah. Great guy. Lee Manson, my next radio job, AM 91Q, WRCQ, the golden 91Q. I was still Dale Denver then. And Lee Mancinelli, this guy that owned the station was Italian, and he only hired Italians pretty much. Aldo Di Dominicus was the owner. And he hired his nephew to be the GM, Enzo Di Dominicus. Ah, uh-huh, there you go. And he hired Lee Mancinelli to be the program director. Walt Pinto was doing middays as Kent Clark. We had Lou Gualtieri. I was the only guy who wasn't Italian on the whole station. Dale Denverino. (laughs) That's what I should have been. (laughs) And the guy who was my news co-host in the morning, Salvatore Piacente. But they called him Van Saunders because, you know, they tried to Americanize all the names. So that program director was the guy that cornered me one day. I'd been on the air, and I said... uh, 
something about somebody that was out of there was out, it was in poor taste. It was like uh, you, yeah, oh, Mike. Yeah, I think it was. You know, I said something like, <laughs> "Is Stevie Wonder?" And I played a Stevie Wonder tune, and I said, "There he is, old No Eyes is black." You know, instead of old Blue Eyes is back. You know, and, I, and so I got in trouble for that. So he he said to me, "If you don't think you should say something, Dale." Don't say it. <laughs> he called and you I, Dale. Yeah, yeah. And I said, well, you know, my my theory is, if you don't think you should say something, that's when you do say it. If you know you shouldn't say it, then you don't say it. But if you, if you have to think about it, it's on the it's on the line. <laughs> <clears throat> so he was a program director, but he was very much older than us, and he uh, was okay. Then I became a program director in Portland, Maine. Hated it. Then I came back to Springfield. I worked for this guy, Doug Hawks. Doug Hawks wore disco shirts, chains. <laughs> it was it was during the late 70s, so it was a disco era. He had, like, white patent leather shoes, Oof. tight pants, floral shirts open at the neck with a big chain around his neck and his hair all foofed back. He was cool. Doug Hawks. He was, he was nothing. Yeah. <laughs> And Paul Payton, rest in peace, he just passed away, WCCC Hartford, good guy, weed smoker, just like a lot of us were at the time. Bill Nozzle at WCCC. Then I became a program director again. Then I went to TV, and I had worked for two guys, Mark Efron and Charlie Kravitz, who were executives, one for the Post Newsweek stations and one of them for the uh, uh, Hearst Broadcasting you know, Channel 5 partnership with NECN. I liked them both very much. Jason Wolf was my next program director, and I liked Jason. Yep. I got along great with him. Yep. He made good decisions. He liked me. We had no problems whatsoever. Yep. And the whole entire time I worked for Jason Wolf, there were no problems. Good then man. came Kevin Graham. <laughs> I'll say this uh, as clearly as I can <laughs> Kevin Graham was a nutless pussy. Oh, oh man. He was so afraid of every decision and every process, and me, he's afraid of everybody. I like Kevin Graham. Well, you did? Yeah, got along great with him. Well, you never had to deal with him then. That's it. <laughs> I didn't have to work for him. He was a pussy! Oh. Uh, I worked for Scott Ladowney up at uh, Frank FM in, in New Hampshire. No complaints. Good guy. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't my fault that they uh, couldn't Wait, have... Wait, Bill, do you not work for... Kevin? The program doctor? Me? No. 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 I, I'm an arm of sales. He's, he is. He's, sales, marketing, he's promotion. MVP of sales. That's right. No, no. I always thought you ultimately had to report to the program. No, I mean, well, I did for a while, and I had them all fooled because <laughs> they all thought I was part of programming, but I was not. Oh. No. Well, you know, in Kevin Graham's case, you know, he was a, a nutless, powerless pussy anyway. Oh, so oh God. No, it's true. It's true. And I'm not being mean about this. I'm being honest. Uh, and finally, Chuck Perks. Chuck, we like Chuck. I did that as a thing. You know, that was the pandemic, and they needed somebody. I was doing it for my house, and, you know, it was not really a radio job. Chuck Perks a good guy. He worked with us at, at uh, Intercom. But, you know, they uh, they fired you. You were number one in the market. In was men. Was that the first time that it happened for that station? Number one in men, yeah. uh, 25 to 49, whatever it was. I don't know. And then they hire Mistress Carrie, you know, and I, I look at it as this is uh, sexual discrimination. Cause they hired her because she has boobs and I don't. Well, you you do. Okay, but they're much smaller. <laughs> you, you kinda, they are yeah. much smaller. Less pert. True. Uh, <laughs> Chuck Perk's a good guy, program director at uh, at the Pike, yep. but his boss was the one that made the decisions, that big fat tub of shit, Bob Goodell. <laughs> 
So I, I like Chuck Perks, but Bob Goodell can take a flying fuck at you the know, moon. I, I like Bob Goodell. I always got along well with Bob. <laughs> He's a good man. What, what are you, what, are you going to try to take the opposite side of everything I say today? No, 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 no we're trying to get that uh, midday job at right. the pike. <laughs> Bob might need See, a production director. but this director. is radio. People talk, <laughs> people talk about people in radio all the time. I'm just letting it all spill out because I got nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. Nothing at all? Speaking of nothing to lose, oh, it's that? time for the news. Did you say the news? I did. <laughs> it is and now the news with Mike Adams. Go ahead, Mike. I can't. There's a common marketing slogan in sports betting, sweat the game, not the payout. In other words, when dealing with legitimate sports books and not some shady neighborhood bookie, Ooh. gamblers shouldn't have to worry about getting stiffed. Correct? Correct. Yet, no. better say gaming operators aren't always living up to that promise. And some industry officials agree bookmakers sometimes use a clause in their fine print as an insurance plan as one top regulator put it, to get out of paying big winners. Now, here's the example. Christopher Kozak, it cost him $127,000 after the Hard Rock bet was voided. Uh, he had three successful long-shot bookie wagers, including bets on a host of NHL players being held scoreless in the same game. He placed it. He, you know, he got the odds. He wins. And then they're saying... They don't pay him. They're not going to pay him because it was obviously, those odds were obviously an error. So they can just say, oh, it was an error. Obviously oh, an error? Yeah, no, that's wrong. That's you, the information he was presented by the company. He sh they should pay him. So when he pushed back on that, the Hard Rock sought to renegotiate the odds, which he considered a slap in the face. Oh, of course. Said Kozak. He shared screenshots with the Washington Post. I mean, basically, they're saying, oh, it doesn't count. It doesn't count. You know. I would take them to court, man. Now, I think betting has ruined sports for a lot of people. I'll tell you, it, it's, it changes your whole opinion. If you get involved in the betting thing, then you don't really give a shit about either of the teams. You care about the numbers between the two of them. Win or That's lose, yep. And it, it, it kind of ruined – I didn't have fun this football season. I didn't win much. I, didn't lo I lost some money. Not big money, but I lost uh, consistently. And I'm starting to hate the betting um, – uh, websites, all the and they're all they all jumped in both feet. That's all we heard about for like three months was this bet this or five dollar bet got you to bet. I do think you, it's ruining sports. Do you find that the betting itself has changed uh, the mindset of the entire sports uh, entertainment industry? Prior to the uh, the betting, it was the game, the game, but now it's and the players. Well, the betting betting has always been a part of it. Yeah, um, but. The weird thing is, is if you meet enough of these people, you realize they don't really actually care about sports all that much. Mm. Right. Like, I, I know a bunch of people who are deep into it, and they only watch the games if they have money on them. That's mm -hmm. right. And they don't really give a shit about, you know, college football at all. Mm. And they don't, might not know really anything that's going on, and they just place a bet yeah, on it. It's just another way to hate a player. For, for If he chokes on a play that costs you the bet, you hate that player— Okay, in the old days, you'd, you'd be rooting for a player or a team, and y your win was the win was the win. Yeah, it wasn't the money. Now it's like, oh well, you know, and, and it's so it's been shoved up our asses so forcefully now that it's legal that I, I'm sick and tired of it, and I didn't enjoy the NFL season at all. And well, I'm, I'm sick and tired of being forced into talking and, and having a gambling slant oh. to sports content because right. honestly. 
the vast majority don't gamble, don't care about it, and it's boring, nerdy talk. Yeah. No, the spread's three and a half, and yeah. you know, anytime the wind chill factor is at negative sure. twenty one, this team loses by twelve. So I, I think a lot of like, that applies to up. fantasy football care. too. It's the same kind of thing where you fantasy football does the same exact thing. Yeah. Same exact. It, it fantasy football is gambling. By the way, there's you know, it's uh, the same same thing. Somebody gambled with a lot, whole lot of money, and it wasn't mine. We're talking Joseph Bankman and Barbara Freed, the parents of Sam Bankman Freed. Oh yeah. They've uh, they've asked a court to dismiss a lawsuit by the bankrupt cryptocurrency exchange FTX seeking to recover funds it alleges were fraudulently transferred. Well, FTX is seeking to recover millions of dollars from Bankman and Freed less than two months after this whole thing went down. Their son was found guilty on all seven charges of defrauding customers in the United States. There's a crooked operation. And the parents are, well, if, if they're not deeply involved, and we know they are monetarily involved in that whole thing, they're at least responsible for this kid's existence. <laughs> and he's an asshole thief. Yeah. And so they're trying to step away from the whole thing and say, oh, we don't have to pay. Yeah, I mean, I'm fed up with people ripping off people. I Really, I am. I haven't shoplifted since I was 12. <laughs> and when I did, it was baseball cards. You know, a dollar eighty worth of baseball cards or something. You know, not smashing. You still have grab, any of those? Going to get it, rushing in and stealing cell phones and Gucci bags and you know, four hundred dollar leather jacket. I, do you still uh, have any of those mid sixties <laughs> cards? I do. Would you like to buy them? I would like to. I've seen some of your collection, but it was mostly the nineties bullshit that you showed me, which was like, yeah, whatever. I want to see the old stuff. There's nothing wrong with that nineties bullshit. I have tens, tens of thousands of, thousands. of it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I got a lot of them too. But you know what? I'm going, to, I'm going to sell all my Sammy Sosa cards to one person. Who's the one person? I don't know yet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going to have to kill him. Uh, so, you know, I've been having weird dreams. You guys have been following this very closely. Yeah. Dreams? Yeah, because you guys get all analytical on me. You know, when I have a weird dream, you try to analyze it. Like the Murray Osmond thing. Yeah. You try to get in deep into my soul as to why I would have such a dream about someone who's, you know, 60 years old. Hmm. Well, let me tell you. Tell us about your dreams. It's the drugs. <laughs> um, I had a. This is my third in a continuing series of weird dreams. I made some notations about it because I, I woke up in the middle of the night and wrote down some stories. <laughs> That's good. I was sitting in a hot tub. Yeah. With Shaka Khan. This is a, not, not the recent shock. No, but this is in your dream. Yeah, this is not not what she looks like now, but she was what she looked like when she was hot. I see, like young and beautiful. I'm in a hot tub with Shaka Khan, and she's singing uh, the song "Sweet Thing" to me. Yeah. I wish you were my lover, but you act so undercover. She's singing it to me, and I'm in a hot tub. But do you think that that really made a difference to me? I was playing uh, with my Game Boy. Go on. As I wasn't even paying any attention to her. Yes. Despite the fact that it's Shaka Khan and naked in a hot tub with me. Yeah. So it was very weird. And you were playing Paperboy on Game Boy. Game Boy. I mean, and she got pissed because I was like, here she is, like full presentation, and I and I wasn't interested. So she jumped up out of the hot tub and she stormed out of the bathroom. This mm. is all in a dream. Yeah. Big bush. <laughs> <laughs> And I heard her say, I, you know, I give up. You know, she was frustrated, obviously. Did she sing it or say it? And then she said to somebody, I didn't know who at the time, she, you try to get his attention. And 
In comes Rosie O'Donnell. In your dream. New, yep, nude. Mm-hmm. Oh. I mean, she she was really fat, too. I mean, fatter than she even is, I think. They trying to push her back out to sea? She looked like she just got out of a mud wrestling match with Whoopi Goldberg. Oh. She was gross. Uh, so you banged her? No, she jumped in a tub and, and displaced half the water. Half the water, yeah. At least. Then she farted. Oh. And the sound came out that uh, the sound that came out of Rosie O'Donnell's ass was this. Ricola. <laughs> I swear to God. Ricola. <laughs> and then I woke up. Did she uh, drag you under the water and toy with you and then kill you after 30 minutes like one of those uh, killer whales <laughs> at SeaWorld? Uh, you know, I thought to myself, Trump was right about her. <laughs> oh, Rosie O'Donnell. I was thinking Roseanne. Oh, oh no, fucking time. No, Rosie O'Donnell, oh, that's man. gross, dude. Oh. That's way She's grosser. She's a big, fat, disgusting pig. Oh, that's way grosser. Oh, man. Anyway, that's my weird dream number three. And, and you know what? I don't even like to tell. I, this is like inner, because you can analyze this stuff and say, well, you, this guy has problems. That was one of the moments where I think Trump was legitimately funny. Yeah, that was funny. It was. Like, I, I think people in the media sometimes are like, oh, he's so funny. Not really. He's just a little weird. But that was the moment that was actually funny. Uh, Mr. Trump, what do you say to people that that you hate women? But no, no, just Rosie. Just Rosie O'Donnell. I was like, fucking, oh, that no, is he, great. He goes, only Rosie O'Donnell. It was so quick. It was right uh, at the top. Yeah. Uh, well, so we come to the end of another broadcast day. What? This, this is, is it? The Studio it's, Transmitter oh. Link 35XLV reporting down to... Did you ever work at uh, Channel 56? Yeah. You did? Yeah. I did, too. Yeah. Liz did. I didn't. I filled in there uh, for uh, one of those sports guys. <laughs> no. Uh, I, I don't know why I got off on that little tangent, but I, I, I'm here for my final, not my, to, the final show thing is the song, the challenge. Now, you, did you pick out a Beatles song? What are you, you trying to I, say, Mike? Did you think, <laughs> did you pick out a Beatles song that you think I can't do karaoke? Yeah, I wanted you to, to think of um, some of the things we said today. I know that song. You know that song? God, really? You know, every single <laughs> You say you will love me If I have to go You'll be thinking of me Somehow I will know Someday when I'm lonely Wishing you weren't so far away Then I will remember Things we said today It's A minor, E minor say you'll be mine girl till the end of time these days such a kind girl seems so hard to find someday when we're dreaming deep in love not a lot to say then i will remember things we said today I'm just a lucky kind Love to hear you say That love is love And though we may be blind Love is here to stay And that's enough To make you mine Girl, be the only one Love me all the time Girl, we'll go on and on Someday Rosie O'Donnell Jump in my hot tub and splash a lot. We will remember 
things we smell today. Yeah. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. I think that was perfect.